How's it going, everybody? This is Gabriel Menchaca. Today is a special podcast. I sat down with my grandparents a while back, and we talked about everything from then being the first Hispanic family into the network that we were part of, uh, coming from the Church of the Nazarene, which they were actually asked to leave because they they got spirit-filled, they became spirit-filled Christians, uh, and started moving in the gifts of the Spirit, and the Church of the Nazarene asked them to find a new community. So in which they did, and they walked into a church in, at that point, what was Maywood, California, and they were the first Hispanic family into what is now a very uh, majority Latino network or organization. But uh, we talk about everything from church planting to uh, them moving into Russia to become missionaries. Uh, they they were uh, church planters. They took over churches. They did all the things that, you know, almost like a Swiss army knife of ministry. And so they they have just some good experience that I think for me, uh, growing up in our, in our home, you know, with my parents who are also in ministry and like also like a Swiss army knife of ministry, they, um, we would sit down and have conversations about these things. And so what I wanted to do was kind of just record uh, the setting, you know, the environment in which we did a lot of this, which was basically always after dinner, you know, maybe I think they were having their tea and we were just hanging out and talking. And I just wanted to kind of document this just for me and like to remember and just to hear stories from them. And they have lots of stories, which they're not able to share all of them, but there are two major points that I want to share with you all. And basically we want to talk about the the ministry and the domestic side of, you know, what they were doing here in the USA and then how things came to be in Russia and what all, what all entailed and what happened in Russia while they were there and what caused their return. So I just want you to enjoy the time with us, you know, at the dinner table, having some tea, talking about ministry, talking about the past and, you know, what God did in uh, not just our family, but in the families that were connected. And so, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this one. So you got into Praise Chapel in 1976. Well, it it wasn't called Praise Chapel, it was called Rosewood Full Gospel Assembly. Full Gospel Assembly. How many people were in the church when you guys came in? About 50. They, start, they started leaving because of the, the revival that came. Because Pastor Noel told them, when he preached, he said, we should reflect our community. Right. And we're not reflecting our community. Because the church was mainly Caucasian? Total white people. There was no Mexican, nothing. And the community was... Yeah, huh? The community was Latino. Yeah, they started being Latino, not as much... It was like here. It used to be in Downey. You never saw Mexican. Yeah, I remember Uncle Dave saying a story of how he was driving and that a cop, he remembers something, a cop pulls the car over and told them like they needed to go around Downey, not to drive through Downey. Really? Something like that. I was like, wow. Yeah, and if any Cholo cars went through, mm-hmm. they'd make them turn around and leave. Really? They that was Downey. Allow them to be in Downey. And not only that, the prejudice was so heavy that even when we, somebody in our in the church in Maywood, he was a pretty wealthy man. He owned a house here in Downey, and that would be the that would be the second house we lived in. And and this guy was really liked us in church and told us, if you want it, I'll rent it for whatever you can afford. Wow. But it was so prejudiced. It was such a heavy presence of prejudice that me and Uncle Kiki, when we first moved into Downey at the house in Downey, 
we went, we were going grocery shopping because we first moved in, had nothing in the cupboard, so we had to get all the stuff. So I said, Neil, come with me, okay. So I drove to the store, it was Lucky's. And I parked the car, walked in, and started shopping, throwing stuff in my cart, and going down the aisles. And I started feeling weird because people were looking at me funny, and I thought, what am I? What, I got a stain on my clothes, or what's happening there? Because I never even had no problem with prejudice and prior. Mm -hmm. um, me and Nikki were just going through the, when we got to the register, I felt so uncomfortable because they were so serious. And I thought, and I just felt so uncomfortable. And they got my stuff and then the guy was adding them up really fast. And um, he goes, okay, that will be such and such, such. So I gave him the money and they looked at me like, the women in there, they looked at me up and down with a, with a scally face and I was like, Oh man, now I know what it is. It's prejudice. Yeah. I finally realized it was a spirit of prejudice. I got in the car and Nikki said, What was that? Felt ugly in there, Mom. I go, That's called prejudice. <laughs> so that was the first time we ever felt that because no, Nikki, I mean, Nikki, Uncle, Uncle Dave, and um, um, Alice Rodriguez will. They were the only Mexicans in all of the high school in Downey. In Downey. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so in, in Los Angeles, in the suburbs, there was a lot of prejudice, um, racism well, towards... Well, only in certain cities. Okay. In certain cities, you, Mexicans don't go in. Okay. But in other communities, there were like, it was like, just yeah, one... It, yeah, there was fine. L.A., I, we were brought up and raised in East L.A., so we were fine. And then once you got out towards the suburbs, it was a different environment. Out to Downey. Downey was a real prejudiced city. Uh, totally white. Everybody was white. So then you guys go to Praise Chapel. And how many other Hispanic families were in Praise Chapel when you None. guys walked in? Zip. Zero. There was no other Hispanic families. Mm -mm. In we were the first ones. Okay. So... You guys came into Rosewood Full Assembly. That was the full name. Mm -hmm. And at that point, there was no other Hispanic families. Mm -mm. Do you remember any other Hispanics, period? Mm -mm. None. So you, did you guys feel awkward there? No. no. We felt at home. Okay. And so, the Spirit of the Lord was there, the Holy Spirit. And we were praying and fasting for months after they kicked us out of the Nazarene church. We were praying and fasting and seeking God, and God told Auntie Nunu in prayer, the Lord showed her that we were going to have a singing pastor. And when we walked in there, Pastor Noel had his guitar, and he was singing. Gospel. Country gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Sister Noel was singing, was playing on the piano. So, okay, so at that point, you walk into the church, did did uh, did you develop relationships right away with people? Well, yeah, because we came in like a big family because the people that left the Nazarene Church came in with us. Oh, really? More people came with you guys? Yeah, it was um, Francis and her children, uh, Sam's mom and his sister. It was um, another family. 
He had red hair, Josie and her husband, but they just came to visit because they decided to go. There was a number of churches that they had checked out for us after they kicked us out and said, this, these churches are filled with the Holy Ghost. They're real live, fired up, wonderful churches. So we're going to take you to this one, which they told us about that one. And then the, he went to uh, Ruben Reina's. Ruben Reina was really fired up too. The Holy Spirit was moving in those three churches. And at about the same time, the Jesus movement was happening. And so the Jesus movement was happening in and Southern the California. Hippies, which yeah. were um, Simpkins and all them guys in Arizona. There were the hippie Jesus movement people that came in. So then you guys come in and who, who became like your... Um, uh, mentors, disciples, like discipleship. Pastor Neville. Pastor Michael Neville. And so was there any other families or, or like people that you guys just kind of like connected with, gelled with, they became your friends right away? It was everybody, huh? Everybody was friendly and back then they didn't really have groups or they just had the whole church was like a family. Like a big party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just okay. a big family. It was so, awesome. So okay, so that was around that was around nineteen seventy six. So the next what, four years until nineteen eighty, what was going on there? Like with you guys in particular, like did you step when into did we ministry? Go out to hmm? When did we go out to pastor? In eighty four. So it was eight years from the we time you got into praise chapel. Down the, at the conference, they announced us both. Your. Bob and Melinda Machaca and Danny Linda Macha. Well, I don't know oh, how yeah. I got into being a nursery worker. Well, you were they, a nursery worker? Yeah, because yeah. they needed one. And Poppy was so sweet. He went to J.C. Penney's and asked for the softest material shirts that he could <laughs> find so he, he won't hurt the baby's faces when he broke them. And he just loved them. And he took care of the babies. So you were in the nursery? Yeah, we were in the nursery. We were also... Um, um, we cleaned the church. Well, be, this is what happened with the cleaning the church. I finally I, I finally got the opportunity to preach. And I, I preached my first sermon, and it was about for 15 minutes. I really... And there was a full-blown service on Wednesday night. And I, I kind of mentioned that in order for God to give us a bigger building, we need to take care of the, what, the one we have. So after the service, Brother Neville came up to me and says, well, well how would you like to clean the church? And we said, okay. And uh, we, we started also to clean the church. So you, you guys were the first Hispanic family. So then you're in the church, and then uh, um, he asked you to start cleaning the church along with working in the nursery? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so what was... else? Well, let me ask you this. Let's back up a little bit. You said you preached. Did you want to preach? Was it something that you looked at as like, man, I want to preach? Mm, no. So then when they asked you to, how did you, like, how did you feel? Did you feel like you were forced into <laughs> it? Did, no. so, yeah, did you feel you were forced into it? Did you feel... No, I didn't feel I was forced into it. I, uh, I, if, if I was asked to preach, it was because the Lord wanted me to preach. And whether I felt uncomfortable or not, 
he uh, he I I always always took it as uh, that it's the Lord, you know, direction, and so even though I was uh, hesitant or uh, insecure, I just I I put the message together, and uh, that's how it went. Okay. So it, it was never that way. I try to avoid it. You know, so I, you didn't really have a desire to but, preach. No. But we would never say no to Pastor Neville. Okay. We just fell in love with the Lord Jesus so much that we would do anything. He also, I don't know when it happened, but he asked us to do, to be a um, um, new conference teacher. Okay. Yeah. So we were a new conference teacher, and, and I still have uh, the role. Book, uh, roll sheet. The roll sheets and Esther's name is under. So then you guys went out in 1984. You were announced to go where? To Inglewood. Inglewood. So did you go to take over a church or did you go to start a church? No, we pioneered. So you went to pioneer a ministry in Inglewood, California. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Did, did, did it work? Did it? Yeah, it, it worked until the fire marshal came and uh, came in about two years later. He found out we were there in the city, and so I had we were to, like in a storefront. Mm-hmm. So they we came in to check. Yeah, we we had a church going in there, and uh, and so I had to go to the city, and the city said you're gonna have to have blueprints, and with the blueprints, uh, uh, and so we got them. Filler, Pastor Field got us the blueprints. And uh, I took him over, and, and he said that, okay, you still need parking spaces. Parking spaces. I, I asked all everybody who we were in, the little strip mall that we're in, could we use this and this? And they just said, sure, on this day. And it was all clear. So I went back, and I told him we have all the parking that we need. He says, no, it's your designated parking. And it says, for each chair. But don't worry. We'll sell it to you for what six thousand dollars each. It was no, it was eleven hundred. I think it was for each parking space. It was tremendous amount of money. What they were trying to do is get rid of us. Okay. The so I told to I us. told him that uh, got. I said okay then. When he told me he was selling me parking spaces, I go. Um, God will find us another building. And he said, well, you'll still have to go through me. But you know what God did? And it's true, we had to go through him. But God did this miracle. Pastor Wild Kate, Kate's, Kate's, you've heard of Kate's? Mm-hmm. Really Kate's? He, Pastor Neville said, Pastor Kate's, to go with Poppy and I, well, Poppy, really, to look for a building, because we didn't have a building. And we had the whole church praying, and we were praying, fasting for a building. And we looked for a church, a building, we couldn't find anything. And then they found something on the corner of Hawthorne and Inglewood. Hawthorne Boulevard and Inglewood, or Inglewood and something like, in Hawthorne, in the city of Hawthorne, which there's Inglewood, there's Hawthorne. It's right close to Lawndale. Yeah. And then Lawndale's over, but we said, Okay, let's find out about this building. We still have to get, um, we still have to get uh, the, the, the city's approval, right? 
well, this building, there, all around here is is the city of Hawthorne, the city of Glendale, city of, but right in that little tiny corner in that space was LA County. For some reason, in the map, it was LA County. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. LA County didn't care if you were a church or not. Mm -hmm. So God put us exactly where he wanted us. Yeah. And we had revival there. And um, and while we were having revival there, um, Pastor Neville called us and asked us to go and take over uh, Almani, right? Yeah. He told us to go over and take Almani. And that's when we said, Oh my gosh, I hope these, the, the pastor that comes here is going to treat our people good and uh -huh. care about our sheep. And then on the Sunday that we were going to receive that pastor and his wife, Dave calls me for some reason and Poppy says, Hey, Dad, I'm going to your church. Oh, you're coming to visit our church. That's nice. Well, you know, this is special for us because our the pastor that's going to take over is coming, too. He goes, okay. And we go, okay, we'll see you there. We didn't, <laughs> duh, it went over our head. So when we found out, David came in, I, I go, are you bringing the pastor? Mom, Dad, we're it. Oh, my God. Oh, I hope these people will treat our kids right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the fear was that the new pastor would treat the church correctly. And then once you found out it was your son taking over, you were like, I hope the church treats our son correctly. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was the funniest thing. But um, then that's so Uncle Dave and Auntie Esther Yolanda at that Flores point. Yolanda Flores came in. She was, one, she was our first new convert. Yolanda Flores came in at that point? No, she came in prior. Now, Inglewood. In Inglewood, okay. Yeah. She and was, she stayed there. Well, yeah, I had to go after her all the time, follow so, up. Uncle Dave and Auntie Esther, how old were they when they took over the church? Oh, gosh, I don't know. They were young. They were young. Okay, Rocky was a, a little taller. She was like three years old. Anyway, um, they so, were young when they took the church. So the from 67 to 89. Like Probably like you and, and, and Vanessa's age. So 22. He's about 22, 23 years old. You're 22, 22? No, no, I'm saying like when he took it over, he was about 22. Well, he, yeah, he was uh, He's already in charge of Saturday Night Alive at 18. Was, okay, so he was doing the ministry at, at the... At the main yeah. church. The main church. He's already seasoned. Okay. So then, okay, so then he takes over Inglewood. You guys go to El Monte. He took over Hawthorne. Or Hawthorne, I'm yeah. sorry. He took over the church in Hawthorne. We go to El Monte. You guys go to El Monte. And we stay there and promise the people we weren't going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so then, at that point, they had gone through some some tough times, and they had gotten how many different pastors? Three different pastors. Three different pastors. You were the third, or you were the fourth? No, fifth pastor there. The fifth. Mm -hmm. And so the church had um had gone through a lot. Yeah. Yes. Through um, uh, just the challenges and of pastor Michael leadership told shifting. Us, all I want you to do is love them. Yeah. That's all you need to do is just love them. So then, so Elmani, you guys were there. How many years were you guys uh, Inglewood Hawthorne? How many years was that? In Inglewood, Hawthorne. About five years. Five, five years. Five years. Okay. And close then how to, many? Close to five. And then how many in El Monte? Five years. 
Five years. 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, about four years. So you had pioneered one church, and then you took over another church. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the what was the um, the numbers like? So in Inglewood, Hawthorne, how many people were you guys running? Oh, maybe, what, 50, 60, about yeah. there. 50 or 60, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there to Almani, and how many is that running? They had like a... Well, they had before all that happened. They had like two hundred. They were running a hundred, and something of it went down to like what seventy or sixty, something like that. I don't know. I thought it was. Remember, 200. they said it went down, and then after the healing, God started healing the the church, and we just stayed and worked and fasted and prayed, and you know we were their pastors, and we thought I thought we were going to be there. That was our home. Mm-hmm. That we weren't going to go no more. We sent out three churches from El Monte. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But there were three church plants. Yeah, three churches. From El Monte during the five years you were there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and then um, during those five years, you guys are leading and, and pastoring. Um, obviously, the people were, there was issues that had happened before that um, you guys, you took over a church that had to deal with um, hurt. Yes. And and um, I, th- I, think, I think another appropriate word would be, uh, mistrust or like mistrust of leadership. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So then, so then you guys are there. You sent out the churches. Um, how how were they when they were sent out? The guys, like the the pastors that you sent out, were they um, excited to go? Was yes. it like yeah. so? Yeah. Now this was a fellowship wide thing. We're we're going to pioneer was like something that was special, something that was honored, and something that was like valued. Yes. So then, how did when these guys went? What was the response from the church? Was it excitement? Was it oh, like... Because yeah. the church was like totally healed already. Yeah. So they were excited to see yeah, something it new. Was just, it was excited. Yeah. yeah. It's like they could go on. Like we knew that the healing took place already. Yeah. And But then when that happened, we were so happy in the revival, we started feeling like God was speaking to our hearts. You're not going to stay here. Mm. And we are like... Do you feel what I feel? And we felt it. We felt like God... Just during prayer? Or like, was it just like a, 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 a subtle no, like every, feeling? Every day we prayed, we felt like, you know, something's going to happen. It's not... There's not... You know, the church is fine. We need to do something. What do we need to do? We're like fine. Like, change is on the horizon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what we felt, huh? Yeah. I didn't... I didn't think of... I didn't... I didn't know exactly... We didn't know. We just what he was something. leading to, you know. But uh, we just didn't. Uh, we didn't want to. We didn't want to share it too much, you know. Did you share it with anybody in the church? No, because no. it was just something that the Holy Spirit. Had, just, you know, like think, when you know how I God, think like when he talked to you about going to Sweden, you know, he talked to you about it. You know, it's like it was in there. Yeah. You know, something was inside of us. And it's like knew, when, know. when, when we, before we took Almani, uh, <coughs> I went to go speak, go preach in Re- in Riverside for uh, Sam. Sam had a church in Riverside, and as we were driving over there, when we passed Almonte, we felt something, like 
what was that? You know, I know. I, I, and something on the like, way back, we felt this, uh, something like going and coming when we got to Almani past the freeway. Something was being like, put in our hearts. We didn't know what we, it was. We had to go there, and and Dad told Poppy told me, he said to me in the car, he goes, "Did you feel that?" I go, "Like we belonged here," and he goes, "Yeah." What was that? I go, I don't know, but maybe if it's the enemy, let's rebuke it because they have a good pastor there. Why would they leave? Oh, you mean in El Monte? Yeah. yeah. This was, is before we went. This was before Ingle, or this was during Inglewood in yeah. Hawthorne. No, yeah, it, before we left. It was, yeah, during Hawthorne time. It was before we went to El Monte. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we're then, talking about how God has placed upon our hearts that it was time to go from. Yeah. Al Monte, but we it, was a it wasn't it wasn't our heart saying that we want to go because our heart was planted in Al Monte. Okay, yes. let me just re- rephrase that or re yeah. say that again. So, from Hawthorne, when you went driving into Al Monte, yeah, you felt Almonte. something about like that um, this was the area you needed to be, uh-huh. and you weren't sure of it, but then you began praying about it. I'm, no, it was not. It wasn't that way. It on a, on the way from driving through, it was like it's not something that we were looking for. Ooh. Right, right. Nothing just, at all. That, that's what I'm saying. You were just driving, and the, as the Lord put something in our heart. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this was during Hawthorne. You were yeah. driving, mm-hmm. and you felt something about going to Almani, about feeling comfortable in Almani. Uh-huh. So you knew the Holy Spirit was saying something about change. Yeah. So then, in the same way, when you're in at when you're at Almani yes. and God's moving, and there's revival. We had like over almost two hundred people. Again. Almost two hundred people. It was hopping. And then and then um, you guys had already planted three churches, so there's a church that's multiplying. And then and then you feel the Holy Spirit again put yeah. something in you about change. Yeah, ch- yeah. So then, what happened from there, from Almani and this this idea of change, this feeling of change? How did you how did you navigate it? Where did you start looking to? Who did you start talking to? Well, we didn't talk to anybody because it, it, we figured, well, if God's going to move us, He's going to do it, and God's going to do it. It it wasn't it wasn't something again that we were planning to do. We weren't so we didn't think of it more than than a feeling Just a that feeling. that uh, something was God was changing and. Mm-hmm. Our, our, you know, our location. It's a, our it, it wasn't something that we went for, because we weren't looking for it. We were, we were just, uh, just focused on Almonte, doing, doing the, uh, the Lord's will, doing the best that we can. So it was not until Brother Neville gave us a call and asked us to go to Russia. When he gave us a call, and and he said that. Uh, there's a there's a revival going on in Russia, or we we want to send a couple there, and I said okay, and and uh, he said if we would want to go to Russia, and and I said well can we pray about it? He said sure, just get get back in two days. I said <laughs> okay, but because see what God was doing over here. It just made sense, like a like, that's the God's feeling, hand. and it helped us to be able to say yes to the Lord, and and knew that it at at first that that's where we were supposed to go, you know, 
And it's not something that we were looking to do, but it was something that God called us to do. Yeah. You know, and for us, and, and we, we, because we, uh, we had told the people there that we weren't going to ever leave. And then God does this, and it's like, what do we do? And then so God just, he gave, gives me a sermon, and, and I, I forgot what I preached on, but the sermon. But, but at the same time, you know, remember what the people did? Because they loved us so much. They decided they wanted to show appreciation. Nobody knew about, um, in fact, we hadn't even got the call from Pastor Neville yet. And the people gave us this gift of, of one night at, at a special theater, a dinner theater, dinner and theater. It was like, it was beautiful place. And you sat down, it was really coothy place, and in a beautiful table, they served you dinner and you saw a, a live performance of The Sound of Music. And when we saw that, it, it was like these people were going, running away, and that the whole story, huh honey, do you remember? Yeah. The Sound of Music, and then Pastor Neville called us and it was like, it all just came together that we are supposed to go. It was just so neat how it all happened. And the people, because we prayed for them, the people were so responsive and understanding mm -hmm. that they, you know, their, their hearts were just torn because we were leaving, but they knew it was for good reason. So, so then you guys, you got ready to leave Almani. So then um, who took over the Almani church at that point? Pastor Phil, that's what Pastor worked Phil. out so great. So and he's still there, Christian yes, Pomoni. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I didn't know that. I thought okay. So Pastor Phil Hernandez, which is the pastor of he, Praise Chapel El Monte, uh -huh. right now to this day. Yes. Yes. Okay. And he does. I knew that it was a right person to take. So it. this was back in nineteen ninety three. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then and then you guys you get ready to go to Russia, you go around you raise some support to to get out there. Um, what was that like in 1993 in Praise Chapel, who hadn't really developed a missions anything at that point, correct? There wasn't anything really structured for missions. I can't remember, but all I know is I remember people saying to us when we would preach, all the pastors of the places we went to preach to build up our, our you know, our... our uh, Sponsorship. Yes. They all, a lot of them, a lot of those pastors said to us, you know, it's different with you guys because we didn't know the other missionaries like we know you guys. You've always been in Praise Chapel. We know who you are. And we were so excited because our church is going to back you up. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was exciting. I never thought I would ever go to Russia of all places. But we never, we never got, we never went in at, what was the first time we went to Russia, Dad? Very first time. We went into Estonia. To visit? No, to live there for nine months with the Minigers. So you never visited at all? You guys just went? Never went to Russia. Never went to visit, never went to check it out? Mm -hmm. But we, but God gave us connections. 
We, and that's another interesting thing because you guys went to Estonia. You made connections there yeah. that uh, opened the door for my parents uh-huh. years yeah. later. We're uh-huh. talking, what, like a decade, maybe even two. I don't know, a long time. Yeah, years later. And that's how they were able to make connection to get into Estonia to plant a ministry. Uh-huh. So you guys went into Estonia and you were living there for how long? Six months? About six months. And this was to do the, the residence permit and the visa paperwork and everything. Actually, no. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had to find find out what we had to do to get into Russia. That's what it was. And then we had our friends, Mike and Johnny Stubbs, were, who were American missionaries in Finland. In Finland, okay. Which so is... we had connections everywhere the plane stopped or the train stopped. It was like God just put the, opened the door and, it, you know, it reminded me of um, that that uh, little fairy tale where Hansel and Gretel goes and there's a little breadcrumb. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the way God did it. He would, he was showing us yeah. which way to go and which way not to go. Yeah. It was confirmation after confirmation, and we were secure with that, even though we could have been killed. You know, I mean, it was just when the the wall came down, right. the communists, and it and the very mm-hmm. room in Russia, the very room that the communists had their meetings, is the very room that we rented to have church in. Yeah. 